Welcome, friends and enemies, to this episode of Savage Reading. Today, we'll be looking at a curious little short story that was published a hundred years ago, entitled A Madman's Diary, by the Chinese writer Lu Shun. This conversation between Mark and I is pretty wide-ranging, and we talk about the turn of the screw. We talk a lot about the film Soylent Green and a little about the film Deep Red. In the conversation, Mark and I reference a blog post that he wrote about Deep Red uh, on the website, which you can find at savagereading.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Savage Reading, and we hope you enjoy. I mean, I know he said we're not going to do critique, but I just remembered... Frederick Jameson's um, the quotation that conspiracy is the poor person's cognitive mapping discuss today we're going to talk about a short story called A Madman's Diary by the Chinese writer Lu Xun Uh, he was born in 1881 and he died in 1936 Uh, he was promoted by the Chinese Communist Party um, to which he was uh, at least politically sympathetic on some level and and he did um, sort of promote socialism in China and in the 1920s and 30s. I think that's all we we need to say about him. I mean he as far as I've been able to see he mostly wrote short stories. I don't think that he ever wrote like a novel it start well, I mean, I guess to sort of uh, d- discuss the form, the bulk of the short story is in the form of a diary, but there is this sort of like induction scene where the narrator um, comes across uh, an old like an old friend of his who gives him this diary uh, saying that this is the diary of my younger brother who went through a form of madness, but now he's all better and now he's gone away. Yeah, and it, it make, could make you think of like something like the turn of the screw or something like that. Yeah, it's very much like the turn of the screw. Yeah. That um, and the, those kind of inductions that they they probably do a lot more to problematize the the story than anything else because you're automatically like questioning whether or not like this older brother who is handing over the diary to the narrator is telling the truth or not because that older brother becomes a significant figure within the diary itself. Mm. Um, And so he is implicated in the accusations made by the diarist who is, you know, the the majority of the story. Yeah. And they, 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 I guess like, so the, Important. Well, some of the important things that come up in that that kind of little um, introduction are that the title of the diary, which is um, the diary of a of a madman, sorry, a madman's diary, yeah. um, is it says uh, that the title was chosen by the diarist himself, and of course the 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 point of what we've been discussing is that the text that they went, that we would then go on to read is is the actual text of, of the diary. And we don't come back to that narrator, just like in The Turn of the Screw, we don't get yeah. like a... Yeah, exactly like The Turn of the any, Screw. Any sort of reflection from the narrator on 
what he's kind of transcribed from this diary if he's if he's if he's transcribed or even that's not not necessarily clear the this particular story was published in 1918 so i guess this is the centenary year of this particular story so that would have been after the turn of the screw yeah like, like 20 years after the yeah, turn of the screw yeah about 20 years after the turn of the mm-hmm. screw so uh, I, I i suppose it is possible that he he was familiar with it but yeah who knows okay so like the the i mean i mean i hadn't really thought about the turn of the screw before in relation to this but now that we're talking about it um, it may be well one of the things about the turn of the screw is it, it's about a, um, a character who is kind of fantasizing or having like fantasies about like the world that she's living in and, and I guess that's also what's going on we've described the induction scene but that's literally maybe one tenth of the actual uh, uh, diary um, it's the um, recollections and the experiences of a guy who lives in a small town in China um, and he becomes increasingly convinced that everybody in the village is a cannibal. Um, and what he, he is trying to do is that he is trying to both dis- determine whether or not it's actually true and then to try to convince his older brother to not be a cannibal. And I mean, we were, we were talking about, um, like we, we discussed Soylent Green earlier, which is um, a film where it, it's kind of uncut, it's set in the future, where it's um, revealed that this kind of food substance that has solved the hunger crisis caused by um, like mass overpopulation in the future turns out to have to actually um, be made of humans so soylent green is a, a substance a factory produced substance made of um, made of human flesh and that that um, in that film there's all kinds of um, you know it's touching not just on sort of like fears about um, industrialized production but it's also like there's, there's clear kind of like references back to um, back to like the Holocaust as well in, in that in, in those kind of images. But the thing is that when you were when you were mentioning cannibalism there, so I, I like at first I thought, yeah, I can't I can't think of too many cannibal stories. Is cannibalism a, like a big subject? It comes up in I mean Heart of Darkness has a sort of element of yeah. of cannibalism. But um but then like, you know, when you were speaking I had the kind of flash and realised, well actually um, actually there's loads of cannibal stories because we have loads and loads of zombie stories I mean oh like, yeah you know, I didn't really like, think about zombie stories that is a kind of cannibal story yeah well I mean what like what is it about cannibalism that like you find so strange <laughs> one sort of distinction I would draw between this story and like Soylent Green is that there's not necessarily uh, the the, the sort of food crisis in, in Lu Shun's story doesn't seem to be as acute, whereas um, because they, you know, he talks about like that there's this sort of rumor going around about how a tenant was killed, was beaten and killed, and his, his flesh was eaten for courage. Right. That's not the same thing as your flesh was eaten because if you did not eat that flesh, you would you yourself would die. Whereas in Soylent Green, it is like a genuine food crisis that that 
there, um, I mean, as the, the novel that you pointed out, like it, the, the title of the novel that Soylent Green is based on is called Make Room, Make Room, so. You need a rest. More than two days, I lose my job. You go to another city. What for? They're all like this. The country? That's not allowed. Those farms are like fortresses. Why? Good land's got to be guarded the way they guard the waste disposal plants, the soylent factories, the plankton ships. You know, there are idiots in this world who want to take away everything we've got. Do, do you feel like the cannibalism has... It, is, it, is it because it's sort of too explicitly symbolic or metaphorical? Is that what makes it, like... Or, or like, how, how, how are we supposed to take the cannibalism... In Lu Shun's story, the cannibalism, I think, has a clear kind of metaphor of just human beings victimizing each other. And that really just, like, there's a kind of human nature that, that human evolution or human society will help us change and grow out of, like, by the end. Where it was like the 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 end the very last line of, of Madman's diary is just like save the children, um, meaning that that we ourselves are cannibals, but maybe we can um, w the next generation will not be cannibals. But the thing with soil and green, right, and these sort of fears of over overpopulation, is that it Im it embeds um, a much less kind of metaphorical valence to cannibalism because there is actually a, a strong rationale for cannibalism like to be like in in a in soylent green the reprocessing of people into food is actually a rational option in the context of like food and population crisis it actually makes a good deal of sense to eat people um, in, at least from that viewpoint, whereas in Lu Shun's story, um, you know, it's it's more it, like I feel like there's more of that. Like you all call me mad because I'm I'm pointing out um, that I'm pointing out that you're cannibals, but in fact you're all the mad ones. He enrolled in a medical school in the north of Japan. It was in this building at Sendai's Tohoku University where Lu Shun studied anatomy and biology. Winter in Sendai was cold and lonely. Lu Shun was the only Chinese student in a town where Japanese troops shipped out to China to fight in the Russo-Japanese War. After class, we would be shown news pictures of Japanese victories. There were also Chinese spies for the Russians who were captured by the Japanese and killed while other Chinese looked on. Banzai! The students clapped their hands and cheered. But to me, the cheering was jarring. He suddenly felt alienated in the midst of a uh, jingoistic Japanese crowd. The crowd of Chinese people were watching while their own being executed, but they have no expression. If you have a face with no expression, 
You have no soul. The slide convinced me that medical science was not so important after all. The people of a weak and backward country, however strong and healthy their bodies might be, could only be victims or witnesses of senseless horrors. The important thing, therefore, was to change their spirit. In, in The Madman's Diary, cannibalism has this kind of, you know, through the, through the hallucinations of the madman, you know, seeing people as cannibals, whether or not they are cannibals, what he's seeing is, is this kind of completely, like, um, self-destructive way of, of living where people, people are actually kind of, like, um, doing damage to each other when actually, like, there's potential for people to, to live in a sort of kind of harmony where they, where they don't do damage to each other. And in Soylent Green, cannibalism is, it, it, although it's it's rationalized, industrialized um, cannibalism, mm-hmm. it's it, it's kind of the 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 sort of idea of it is that is that like society in the form that it is sort of inevitably has this kind of like potential within within like mass production within within. Um, a, a, a kind of like mass consumerist society that's that's probably like the key like words here consumerism like we're talking about like um the consumption in in the sort of that's been translated from from that sort of economic sense into into like the the raw <laughs> the raw flesh yeah Maybe we can move on to like talking about paranoia now and conspiracy because I think that's probably even the, the more interesting thing. And uh, at the I wanted to read just the beginning of section four of the short story um, where he, he says, In the morning I sat quietly for some time. Old Chen brought lunch in, one bowl of vegetables, one bowl of steamed fish. The eyes of the fish were white and hard and its mouth was open just like those people who want to eat human beings. After a few mouthfuls, I could not tell whether the slippery morsels were fish or human flesh, so I brought it all up. I said, Old Chen, tell my brother that I feel quite suffocated and want to have a stroll in the garden. Old Chen said nothing but went out, and presently he came back and opened the gate. I did not move but watched to see how they would treat me, feeling certain they would not let me go. Sure enough, my elder brother came slowly out, leading an old man. There was a murderous gleam in his eyes, and fearing that I would see it, he lowered his head, stealing glances at me from the side of his spectacles. Right. That is a pretty, I think, a pretty good encapsulation of like the paranoia of this story is that um, he's eating fish, and he, he like, the the notion of cannibalism is so like deeply embedded in his brain that, that he can't help thinking that he's eating human flesh there. And then there's a really innocuous gesture from his brother, the lowering of the head. And he immediately interprets that as, um, his brother doesn't want me to see the murderous gleam in his eyes, which, um, so, I thought that was a good way to, to get into the subject of cannibal or paranoia, uh, and how like the paranoic is 
like reinterpreting everything within the, the, the framework of the conspiracy that he believes he is uncovering. That he believes that like human beings and well and his his particular society have been eating humans since uh, so for four thousand years, but only now is he, only now is he sort of discovering it. Um. So like, what's the nature of 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 his of the conspiracy? Because the he sees the town as conspiring against him but only because he has actually discovered the conspiracy, right? So the, cons- the, the conspiracy ultimately comes down to re- recovering the conspiracy. Hmm. Yeah, um, it's interesting because I think then it, it feels like there's something important about, about seeing and about being able to see the conspiracy. Like I think what you said was quite interesting about how it's only because he he's identified the conspiracy that he feels a target of it that that has you know when he when he interprets his brother's eyes looking away you know there's two eyes in that in that passage that you, you read out first of all is the eyes of the fish which remind him of like the eyes of like the 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 man eaters and then there's the eyes of his brother who who's who's kind of like he looks away and so he, he sort of sees them in the same terms as the fish's eyes yeah. effectively but what what he does as a as a madman what he's doing is seeing things that that you're not supposed to see he's he's projecting or well maybe he's not projecting but he's he it's it's in the realm of of sight that being part of the conspiracy or not being part of the conspiracy um, is determined. I've seen it. I've seen it happening. I saw him cry more than once. Beef like you've never seen before. We don't see rich people here anymore. When you came back, did you see the body? Like grapefruit. <laughs> you never saw a grapefruit. You never saw her? Let me see your badge. I see the words. But I can't believe them. There's that kind of reflection, right? Like he 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 is sort of looking through the world uh, with murderous eyes, and and I think that's um, another thing that reminded me in this story about your your blog post on Deep Red, where so much of the 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 sort of hinge point of that film is that the protagonist um, believes that he has seen something um, that, that's just not quite right. And, and we find out by the end of the story that he's, tr- he's correct. He did actually see something uh, that, that wasn't quite right, but just sort of that slight alteration of vision there, that one momentary glance where he saw something that wasn't quite right, um, colors everything that he sees from uh, there on out mm. and he's incapable of looking away um, and, and unseeing that very brief um, you know that very brief glimpse of the murderer um, at the, the beginning of the film um, and what that means like so that, so what's happening there is that there's this kind of it's a, it's a further kind of connection between seeing and knowing and it's the it's the it's this kind of 
this idea that that you can see something and therefore know something that you don't necessarily consciously know so seeing becomes a kind of a kind of knowledge of the world that isn't directly translated into conscious knowledge it's an it's an unconscious knowing that that i guess like in in this story because the question is like what does what does the madman know what does he know because in deep red the in deep red the 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 seeing is a sign of him knowing something about like the truth that he then kind of is able to uncover in the madman story well what we know about the madman is that um is that he goes back to his normal life after the diary he recovers because in the in that kind of little introduction bit um the other brother says i appreciate your coming such a long way to see us but my brother recovered some time ago and has gone elsewhere to take up an official post what what we've got to kind of ask is what does the madman what does the madman know that he's what is he what is what is known by what by his form of seeing or what does his or does what he see tell us about what he knows because for example if we think about like Lu and uh, um, as the writer he so he's 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 constructed this story with this using this this sort of metaphorical language of cannibalism mm-hmm. he's invented the story of a madman who sees cannibalism everywhere so he so he thinks that he knows something that he is able to express through this story because it's because as you said you know it's a story that's got like a very kind of like strong political like message on it you know it's a story yeah. about about like why do why do people kind of exploit each other rather than live in sort of perfect communist harmony yeah <laughs> i mean it's quite on the nose but what does the madman know like what does he within the story like know if i could say if 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 i could say that there's probably something that he knows it's that something's not quite right with his older brother and because um uh just to read a little bit more and get a little bit more text in there he goes they only eat dead flesh i remember reading somewhere of a hideous beast with an ugly look in its eye called hyena which often eats dead flesh even the largest bones it grinds into fragments and swallows the mere thought of this is enough to terrify one hyenas are related to wolves and wolves belong to the canine species the other day the dog in the chow house looked at me several times obviously it is <laughs> obviously it is in the plot too and has become their accomplice <laughs> the old man's eyes were cast down but that did not deceive me the most deplorable is my elder brother he is also a man so why is he not afraid why is he plotting with others to eat me is it that when one is used to it he no longer thinks it a crime or is it that he has hardened his heart to do something he knows is wrong in cursing man eaters i shall start with my brother and and in dissuading man eaters i shall start with him too 
um, the like he he become like the the narrator becomes kind of fixated on his brother that there's something not quite right about the this guy and he interprets it ultimately as like cannibalism but it may actually be something more kind of mundane and banal is that his older brother is just a crappy landowner who treats people like shit um, and it's not necessarily cannibalism itself and so if if i had to point to some one thing that what does the madman actually know like as opposed to what he perceives um then it might be that his brother is just an ass yeah and and that well and what why does it make him why why is he a madman to realize that because because he well well because there's there's his brother there's also the other kind of character that is in their family that has an important part is his is his sister because his sister is the um at the end he kind of believes that that his brother fed him his his sister his sister when she was was she five years old am i am i kind of making uh, yeah my sister was only five at the time i can still remember how lovable and pathetic she looked Mother cried and cried, but he begged her not to cry, probably because he had eaten her himself, and so her crying made him feel ashamed if he had any sense of shame. Unfortunately, there was a problem with the audio at this point, so we lost about five minutes. We'll pick up again where Mark is asking what really makes the madman mad. In the story, madness should be... What should make you mad is... What madness should be is that you are not that you're not a cannibal. Madness should be someone who, who, who doesn't eat human flesh. Whereas in the story, madness is just that you see cannibals. And actually there's a sort of, there's a, a sort of mismatch there that I think is what, like was something I found a little bit unsatisfying about the story. The thing is that what he should be as a as a mad character is someone who doesn't just say save the children, but should actually actually like do something that that goes against the the madness that he sees in cannibalism. He should he should like try to save the children, but he doesn't. He just sees cannibals. You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, that like the the final phrase, like save the children. It, it does it to me. It kind of interprets it as like I give up, like uh like that. I'm 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 ultimately going to be kind of consumed by this system. Like either I'm going to become a cannibal or I'm going to uh, be eaten myself. And so um, I just sort of like. This is this diary becomes my last will and testament to whomever uh, ends up reading it, and maybe they can do something to save the next generation. But I'm done. Like I can't fight anymore. So yeah. So how do we going back to the beginning then? How do we read the 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 the, the kind of like statement that the the brother says to the the original narrator? So the brother says to him that his brother recovered some time ago and has gone elsewhere to take up an official post. 
Then laughing, he produced two volumes of, a, of his brother's diary, saying that from these the nature of his past illness could be seen and that there was no harm in showing them to an old friend. I took the diary away, read it through, and found that he had suffered from a form of persecution complex. So one reading of the story then is that it's a kind of horror story that the brother gives the diary um, and says that his brother's gone to take up an official post, but um, but actually like the brother has been kind of murdered and, and eaten. Yeah. So that's like one kind of possibility. But in that one, in that version of the story, then it kind of loses all of its kind of political urgency, doesn't it? Because because then we're not talking about metaphorical cannibalism anymore. We're talking about actual cannibalism. Yeah. Which is yeah. which is, you know, equally like a social problem, <laughs> but quite a different one from when like it's just a way of interpreting things. Yeah. Whereas in the other version, if if the brother is telling the truth, then if the madman if the madman sort of like saw all these things, he saw like the truth of the world. But then he just like recovered and then went and took a job somewhere. Then that's also quite a sort of unusual ending and maybe a bit of a dissatisfying ending that he he just goes back to work. Yeah, I mean, is there a third possibility there where um, the the brother actually did recover and he did go off and, and took up an official post? And the older brother, the yeah, the the younger brother recovered, but the older brother is also a cannibal. Is that is that a possibility too? Um, that <laughs> that like the younger brother just became convinced that what he was seeing um, was delusional, and that the older brother is actually a great guy, when in fact the older brother is uh, a cannibal. Like that, he was right the first time. <laughs> um, it, it, it is sort of weird how he puts like then laughing. He produced two volumes of his brother's diary. Like why is he laughing there? <laughs> what what's so funny? But uh, well, and, and why it, like you know there's two volumes of a diary, but like the the story takes twenty minutes to read. I mean yeah, it does. It's heavily edited um, piece of transcription yeah uh, I'm just thinking like because it's interesting then like going back to the narrator like the original narrator who takes the the diaries yeah because he says I took the diary away read it through and found that he had suffered from a form of persecution complex so he already like has diagnosed the the diary before we read it so what does he think what does what does the narrator think of of the diary like why is he why is he like transcribing it? That's hmm. it's interesting how he says I have not altered a single illogicality in the diary and have changed only the names, even though the people referred to are all country folk, unknown to the world and of no consequence. He <laughs> uh, also says that it's, um, he's copied out a part to serve as a subject for medical research, so maybe he's a doctor. For Luchon, nothing was more modern than Western medicine. He was driven by the memory of his father who had died young, fed roots and crickets by a Chinese doctor who did not understand his father's disease. Uh, apparently his father 
had tuberculosis, and he was vomiting blood. And Lu Xun, as a young kid, was summoned during the last moments to uh, go through this ritual of calling out his father's name, you know, father and father. And finally, his father sort of woke up and from his coma and said, shut up, you know, don't disturb me. And his father then sort of died peacefully. So Lu Xun said that this was the greatest trauma in his childhood. And he wanted to reenact uh, in medical terms uh, that whole episode. At, the, at the, the end of the day, I think that, that the narrator is, um, is meant to be as implicated um, as, as the, the events being described, but in a, in a kind of different way, right? Um, and this is, uh, like I told you earlier, that I had read a speech that Lu Shun had given to some like cadets at a military college that was being run by the Communist Party. And one of the things he says in that, which I mean, I think is, is you know, worth pondering on, you know, maybe in a different podcast or something, is he talks about like how there is a desire within the revolutionary Communist Party to produce a people's literature. And he says specifically that what we have right now are revolutionaries going out into the countryside, going out amongst workers and cities and writing about them. And he goes, that is not people's literature. That is literature about people. But there will only ever really be a people's literature when you have the people themselves speaking forth from their own mouths. And that idea of like the outsider coming into the, or the countryside and, and saying like, um, unknown to the world and of no consequence, but I'll go ahead and, and give the, I will go ahead and reproduce part of this diary as a form of objective research of some sort. Um, that, that kind of suggests to me that that's where, um, Lu Shun is actually implicating the narrator there is that you're not you're not writing a people's literature you're writing literature of the people mm. and that's a very different thing yeah and then uh, and the narrator then he takes on well because what what his role is or like one of his roles in the story is that he he represents a certain way of reading the diary you know, he, he tells us it's a medical, it's medical research and it's a, it's, a, it's a document of persecution complex. But that, but actually that way of reading is not the way that, that I think um, Lu Jun wants us to read. Yeah, yeah, I don't think any, so, yeah. So, so, the, so the narrator is, a, is, is, is like, a, he's a bad reader. Yeah, he's a bad reader, uh, and uh, he he is. Uh, I don't. That's uh, that's a kind of funny thing, though, is that we're like judging a reader, you know, through our own reading. <laughs> no, but but I think like the not not necessarily judging him, but I think there's a there's like the conflict between the the you know like this this. The story which uses all this kind of imagery to, to 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 evoke so much and to make us kind of to make us think about the world in a in a very kind of strange and sort of um askew 
way um, but is delivered to us by by this character who who's like already kind of like settled on what and what it means so his so his kind of like his medical view his or his even like psychoanalytic view if he's talking about a persecution complex is already kind of preventing him from seeing like the 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 truth and in inverted commas of yeah. of the story which which is like it's which again i think is like it's supposed to be it's it's political message i think it's i think that's where that's where for me i find this story a little bit dissatisfying because because i think that it it's not so much about whether or not there's a, a message or whether there's a, or not there's like politics to it. It's that I feel like I feel like once you've kind of once you have a sense of of having decoded it, then then it, then it sort of you can't do much with it after after that. So yeah, yeah. Like I, I think like it doesn't. Like for me, like if you if you go back to the idea of like cognitive mapping, I think like the a a good piece of like um like political writing in this sort of form would be one that actually kind of like transforms your way of of seeing things through the through the kind of fantasy of the of of like the madman's hallucination, whereas this one this story doesn't doesn't feel transformative it feels like it feels like it's sort of it's sort of underlining a, 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 a way of looking at the world that like yes it assumes that I should already have it doesn't I don't feel like it I don't feel like it, it kind of adds to to something I know as much as it sort of tries to tell me does it, I mean, it feels like cannibalism or like the exploitation is bad is something we can all get on board with. Like, for example, yeah. think about, like, I think you could compare it to, you know, there's elements of this that might make you think of Kafka. Yeah. You know, and Kafka didn't, you know, Kafka didn't have a message, but Kafka, like, alters, like, how you like see things you know like if you think about the the, the trial you know the trial kind of like when you've read the trial or even kind of like read about the trial it, you, it can't help but make you think of bureaucracy in in a way that you might not have thought before it kind yeah. of it changes how you think about about something that exists in the world and by doing so you know, it, 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 you know, in in a certain kind of way of thinking about it, 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 it has a political impact because because a change of like your action in the world is is a change in the world. 